More to the point, did Jess take off her goggles when we weren't looking? Yeah. Uh, Sorry, oh, I put them back on the brain. Do you want me to get them back? <laughs> you have to wear them for the show. Okay, alright. Uh... I love that she's, you're going to oblige this even though it's not a video podcast. <laughs> it makes no yeah. meaningful difference. You are allowed to tell... You are allowed to tell me to just fuck off. I will not. Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 68 of the Player 2 Pixelcast. My name is Matt Houston, and I am here tonight to talk all things Sony. But it's not just me. I'm joined by three other fantastic people from Player 2, and we're all going to talk about Sony's recent show. First up, we are joined by Deputy Editor and uh, all-round, I guess, Player 2 OG cast member, Stephen Del Prado. How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good? Pretty good? Ready pretty ready good. to talk, Sony? Uh, you know what, I'm... Uh... I'm probably a bit more of a pony than I am an ex-bot, but I'm going to try to remain objective. Try to remain objective. You're filling in for Paul as the <laughs> resident oh, look, Sony pony. <laughs> no one can, no one can muster the Sony enthusiasm of that bloke. He's one of a kind. He's one of a kind. Next, we have another of Player Two's deputy editors. Uh, she's the newest of the deputy editors and proudly sporting a pair of Raz Psychonaut goggles that no one but us can see. Jess. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Excited to be here. Me and my goggles are You and chuffed. your goggles? You're still yep. riding that Psychonauts still wave? Still riding the Psychonauts wave. I don't know when it'll end. Maybe never. We'll Maybe see. Maybe never. Excellent. Excellent. And finally, we're joined by the oldest voice out of all of them. Uh, the OG Pixelcaster, Tim Henderson. Yeah, I'm here, but what I, what's really important is I just want everyone to know that the goggles are real. Jess is actually wearing Psychonauts goggles. <laughs> Only because Tim made her. I yep. didn't make her. I yep. just told her she had to and she obeyed. It's not my fault <laughs> we have weird, stupid patriarchy built into our society. T- to be fair, uh, I Jess didn't take much convincing. No, it did not take Here much convincing at all. I know. <laughs> So tonight, as you've probably guessed, we are talking about the Sony conference. Uh, all the other big publishers this year have already had their chance to shine through E3 and Gamescom, and uh, Sony decided to strike it out on their own and do their own thing, and that has come and gone, and it was a bit of an epic show with plenty to talk about, but we'll get to that later. First, we're going to talk about those games that we've been playing, and uh, Jess has played something that has played with her emotions once again. Uh, Jess. I'm not going to lie to you. It might have been the best two weeks for me for games, like, ever. Um, hmm. Like, straight off the back of Psychonauts and then straight into Life is Strange True Colors. Um, it was a, yeah, just really good short period of time for games for me. Um, I feel like 2021 just really coming for me with the, like, psychology, feelings, brains games. Um, and it's, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That very um, small niche of queer psychologists that yeah, love like games. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, I was like, oh, okay, all right, thanks, twenty twenty one. Because yeah, I was I was so excited for um, uh, Life is Strange, like as soon as it was announced, and then 
Psychonauts turned out to be so good, I was like, oh, it's fine, I already know what my game of the year is, like, I'm excited for Life is Strange, but it can't be that good. And then, you know, halfway through, I was like, oh, still, maybe no, maybe no, and then I finished it, and I was just sitting there at three o'clock in the morning, this ball of feelings, being like, well, what am I supposed to do now? Like, this is an unfairly good two weeks of games. Um, yeah, so, it was very good. Life is Strange was, uh, very, very good. Um... The first one is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, and, you know, I loved Life is Strange Before the Storm. Um, I played the second one, but it kind of didn't didn't resonate with me as much. Um, and then this one's just come back. I want to say with flying colors, but it's like, you know. Two <laughs> um, on the nose. nose. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was, it was amazing. Um, I, it turns out... It turns out. I always knew. But I, um... Well, I have a question. I love the idea. Yeah? Was it hella amazing? It was hella amazing. And, um, because it took me a few days to, uh, collect my thoughts after I finished it. Um, I saw someone else using that in an article and I was like, God damn it, I can't use it now because someone else has done it. But I, I want to. <laughs> I want to say it was hella amazing. Um, yeah, no. Um, the, the core mechanic of it... Um, I guess, you know, to give a little intro to what the game is for people that, that don't kind of know. So it's about uh, this girl, Alex, who has grown up in, like, the foster system because she got separated from her family when she was um, younger because of, you know, a bunch of different family events and stuff. Um, and she's finally going back to see her brother and to live with her brother in this small town where he's kind of building his life. Um, and she has this special power that has caused her some trouble um, in her foster home, so she sees it as, like, a curse... Um, where she can kind of see emotional auras um, on people, so she can tell what they're feeling, and she can, um, from there, kind of sense the the thoughts that go with those feelings, um, and so she can kind of, yeah, un- understand where people are, are coming from. And it's like supercharged empathy, basically. Um, and sometimes it means she can like help people get to the root of their problems, but sometimes it means that like if someone is really angry near her, then she also feels that anger and um, takes it on and becomes quite overwhelmed with it, um, overwhelmed by it. So um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a blessing and a curse kind of scenario. Um, so yeah, she's in this town and she's starting to make friends and fit in with her brother's life, and it's all really cute and lovely. And then um, this is not spoilers to say the trailer says this and the description of the game says this. Um, but her brother dies, and uh, under kind of mysterious-ish sort of circumstances, it kind of looks like an accident, but it becomes pretty clear that it's maybe not an accident. Um, and then, you know, the rest of the game is her trying to work out what happened to her brother while also learning to relate to all the other people in his life and in the town and forging her own relationships with these people and kind of helping them with their problems, but also trying to deal with her own problems. And it's it's a lot. It's just about a lot of feelings. Um and it's, it's, you know, pretty gay. So, like, there's that too. So that, that was fun. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but well, no. Rainbows it, everywhere. It was rainbow, Yeah, like, there were. And, I mean, the colour scheme of the game, as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is gorgeous. Um, like, she has the, the wardrobe, like, my dream wardrobe. Like, it's all just very, like, hey, Jess, do you want this thing that's directly for you? I'm like, yeah, I, I do. Thanks, Deck Nine. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Um, you know, it's it's amazing. It's a really, really emotionally powerful, I think, um, story in some probably slightly understated ways, and I think it's doing some really cool things that the more I reflect on it, the more I'm like, wow, games don't really put that focus on emotions in the way that this game has, and 
I know that not everybody will agree with me. Um, and I know that some of this is, yeah, very much my perspective and my approach to it and specifically the choices that I made that allowed me to feel that way about the game. But yeah, I'll stop. I could do it. I like my review is absurdly long and I have so many feelings and I, I'm going to be still processing them for weeks to come, but it's amazing. Well, you can catch Jess's review on player two right now. It went up today, so it'll be well and truly up as you listen to this. Um, it is a very good review, so go check that out. Next, we have Tim. Tim's been having a hell of a time with review games, so he told us to get stuffed and played something different. What have you been playing? <laughs> um, well, the game told me to get stuffed, I think, is what's really, really happened. Um, but yeah, good job in keeping on the... Um, or we'll say the colourful theme, I guess. So yeah, I kind of like dusted off the Switch. I guess what I would call the old Switch now. Went back mm. into some of the games that I had bought before I kind of accidentally, we don't need to go through story again, like landed on a PS5 for what was supposed to be my non-PlayStation owning period. Um, um, Planet Alpha was there, and I think you may have said this before a couple of years ago, Huso, but it's really good. Yeah. Planet <laughs> Alpha is really good. Um, It's this kind of thing I've been going through the last couple of years now, where like trying... Not Metroidvania, but kind of like 2D side-scrolling games that are more about an adventure than they are about, like, hop and bop. Except it's also very easy to die very quickly in this, so it strikes me as kind of like a spiritual living on of something like Flashback or Another World. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you will die very that's, quickly. That's what I thought it was like Flashback was yeah. the, the closest game I could think of to it. So you will die very quickly, but it's um it's much more about observation and reacting than it is about twitch reflexes. And it is gorgeous. I really need to stress this. I'm playing on Switch, and the frame rate and even resolution do not hold that great. But man, it's, <laughs> it's like worth that sacrifice. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's got these whole crazy day night cycles, and the colors are just popping everywhere. It's kind of like this crazy lush underwater rainforest, except it's not actually underwater, but you know, space whales. Yep. Then when like nighttime hits, it's kind of like the think back to like the original Psychonauts and the Black Velotopia stage or whatever um, base of, of art that is. I wish this game had HDR. This game would look fucking amazing with HDR. The colors are just popping all over the place. Um, I still don't really know what's going on. You kind of just play as this very lanky, almost Gumby-like dude, just kind of with an air bubble over his head. And it's basically, hey, you're here, you're injured, you're on this planet, and everything wants you dead. And from there, it's um, a lot of platforming, sneaking, because there's both the planet itself wants everything dead. You know, beautiful, but also very dangerous. You know, colorful things are poisonous and will kill you. World, and then just crazy different types of robots that seem to be invading and trying to kill a planet. So everything is trying to kill everything. Um, and I guess the thing I set this from flashback and whatnot is like, you do not actually, and uh, maybe two or three hours in at this point. I'm pretty confident at this point saying, though, you will never get a firearm or a sword or anything of that sort. What you do have is the ability to jump, because that's the type of game this is. Walk, crouch, which is actually very useful for, like, pulling stuff sideways as well. They've made that a very versatile mechanic, dragging stuff around. And also to rotate the entire fucking planet. Which, um, starts out as kind of like... Just a kind of ability to like fast forward or rewind time kind of idea, except somehow more epic, but it actually gets used in more interesting ways as it goes on. 
sometimes it feels like it's too big a thing to like only be used the way it is, and other times it seems like it's completely freaking genius. But it really allows for like some very large scale, very very large scale encounter type stuff to happen. Um, and it doesn't like it just, oh, man, it's just so visually gorgeous. It's a two D side polygonal, but two D side scrolling game that would just be so amazing in VR. Because yeah. it's just like the the foreground background is just used extensively, and the world just like feels epic and amazing, and it, it feels great to play. The pay, the atmosphere is just out of this world good. Um, I just wish the Switch ran it better, but I kind of understand why it doesn't. Yep, I think um, there's more and more of those stunning games are coming afoul of the Switch's limited. Uh, power. <laughs> this was a couple of years ago as well. So. Yeah, but man, if yeah, like the... actually, would the Xbox Series X be able to like force HDR onto it? Because that would look amazing. Yeah, it should be able to. I think if it's been released on the Xbox, I can't remember. But... I think it's on. I think I haven't checked. I know it's on PC, and I'm pretty sure it's on PlayStation. I think it's. I think it's basically on everything. We, Windows 11 will do it too. Once it comes out, it's doing the auto HDR tricks. That yeah, but who has the, the monitor that does HDR with? properly? Uh, mine's pretty good, but you know it's pretty new too. So, all right yeah, then. Basic um, point: Planet Alpha goes on sale. Pretty old, I unsung champion. I really, really like this game so far. I think I think it was a PS Plus game at one point too. Maybe if it was, I should own it on PlayStation. And why am I not playing that version? Because I've just been playing it at home on the Switch. I, I don't. It was, I could be wrong. Maybe it was Game Pass. Yeah, possibly. Uh, all right then. Well, um, Stephen's been playing Psychonauts, so he's got like two minutes to give us the Psychonauts buzz because we covered so much Psychonauts, um, much to Jess's delight last. Look at her; she is literally floating Sorry. in the cloud. You just mentioned Psychonauts, and this big old grin comes to Jess's face. But Stephen, Sorry. Yep. Go. Don't let Jess um, start. Just, just, just go. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't, I don't need two minutes because, to be quite frank, uh, I'm not super far into the game. I'm chipping away at it, as it were. Um, but it's quite good. I really liked the first game, but as most people did, I had some issues with the platforming elements more so than anything else, and it seems like they've gone a long way to correct some of that, whereas everything else is just amped up to 11. So it's more Psychonauts than Psychonauts, if that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, really good. The writing is really snappy. The characterization is great. Uh, the themes, obviously, are rehabilitation as opposed to any sort of punitive measures, which they set up from the very get-go, which I think is a great um, track to follow for a video game, given that most of the time, you know, bad guys are to be punished, not rehabilitated. So I think that's probably going to resonate for a lot of people as well and yeah i can't wait to get stuck into more of it Excellent. well you done did that, under that two was minutes. under two minutes well done and we didn't let just steal it no <laughs> all right then and the final game we're going to talk about tonight is Deathloop. i'm lucky enough to be have uh reviewed that game it is um as this goes uh live the Deathloop review will be on player two um it's the new game from Arcane, the people that created Dishonored uh, and Prey, the the most recent Prey, not the original Prey. Uh, and it is a very arcane experience. And I think that's a 
a really good way to describe it because as soon as you mention arcane, especially for people that have played their games, automatically get this kind of image of what it what it is. And Deathloop holds very true to that. It feels in combat and movement, uh, and the special abilities are all feel very much like uh, Dishonored. But there are some key differences that set it apart, and those differences make this probably the best game that Arkane have made. Uh, and I no. really liked Dishonored too. Um, I was I, I had some worries going to Deathloop. I, I thought there was these potential pitfalls that I could see in the fact that you're repeating the same day over and over again. You've only got four areas to explore on this island. Um, I thought that was a potential pitfall. How it was going to hold everything together and guide players uh, was another area I thought they could fall, uh, fall foul of. But honestly, they this game has been put together in such a way they have clearly thought long and hard about how to make this the most enjoyable experience possible because it is it is almost perfection in the way it leads you. It's actually more linear than Dishonored is. So Dishonored's very open in the way you approach each mission. It just kind of says, here's the mission, go about it how you want. Whereas uh, Deathloop has this wonderful... Uh, leads system they call it the leads you've got leads on this mystery so the ultimate goal is to kill these eight visionaries in one day and break the break this death loop this daily cycle of dying at the end of the day and the day starting over again so essentially groundhog day so um, yeah, i was about to say groundhog day except instead of learning to love bill murray learns to kill all the motherfuckers and then to kill to kill the visionaries that created this time paradox um so and the trick of it is you could because you've got you've got morning you've got uh, noon you've got afternoon and you've got evening and you've got four different areas to explore in those four time periods um, and those areas change depending on the time of day uh, certain buildings will be accessible at certain times of day um, certain events happen at a certain time of day and you can prevent those events from happening earlier in the day by doing something in the level and therefore changing it for the rest of the day. Um, so it all gets very, like, if you're talking about it, it sounds very confusing, but this lead system they've included is, is very good at guiding you towards your goal of eventually getting to a point where you can get all these visionaries into the same spot or, or two or three of them at the same time so you can take out multiple visionaries in in one time period and so in the morning you can take two in the afternoon you can take two you know and that way eventually you'll get to the point where you can take all eight at once so it's this kind of big mystery uh and you, you do a lot of exploring and discovering of uh, of, of information and intel that'll lead to new leads and, and new possibilities and new ways to create um you know these kind of trap situations for these these targets of yours um, and it's all just, it's just put together in a way that just works. And it was, it would, I just imagine this wall of, of a flow charts all over arcane, you know, they've got like a whiteboard, the size of, of a, of a scoreboard at the football stadium, you know, and it's all just flow charts of how it's all going to work, but it, it somehow just does. And I've just got to give them props for everything. Uh, it, it is just astounding when you stop and think about how many possibilities they factored in to make this all work and there is 
um, and speaking to the developers, I got to speak to them just before the game came out, and they did say there is only one possible solution uh, to do this. Um, so it, the way it leads you to do that, it very much feels like you're creating these situations yourself and you're not being led. It's not hand-holding you. It's just providing kind of the nudge in the right direction you need. So it's teaching that, well, and, where it's making you feel like you've learned it yourself or figured absolutely, it out yourself. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's really, really good at that. And if you just want to explore and ignore the advice, you're absolutely free to do that. And there are benefits to doing that. A big, big important part of the game is learning the levels because obviously there's only four maps and they do vary slightly from time period to time period. Like some doors might be open, some might be closed, etc. Uh, but essentially the same map. So learning those maps and learning the secret ways and learning how to get around them efficiently is really important to getting stuff done. Um, and then there's the final wrinkle in in the, the whole thing, which is, is uh, Juliana. So Juliana, you would have seen in the um, trailers and things. She's uh, an assassin, basically. She's one of the visionaries that you've got to kill, but she's pretty much there just to make your life hell. Uh, and she'll just, at any point in the game, she can just turn up and and turn everything to shit on you. Um, and so what she'll do is she'll come into a level, and as soon as she's in the level, the exits out of the level are locked. You can't get out. So you can't just run away. You've got to get to a radar tower and unlock the door. Of course, that radar tower is a trap for you, and you can pretty much bet she's going to be there waiting for you. And each time you come across her, she's equipped differently. She has different special powers. She has different weapons. Uh, for example, there's an invis- invisibility power where you might only see this kind of purple shimmer on the screen to indicate where she is. Or she has a power that's very much similar to Blink from Dishonored where she can teleport e- really close. And, and it creates this kind of super tense situation where you know you could have planned this really cool attack and you're going to take out this guy. And then all of a sudden you see the notification that Joanna's hunting you. And you're like, oh, all that sh- that's just gone to shit. <laughs> I've got to sort this out before I do anything and of course you get in a gunfight with her and you get in a gunfight with her and people hear the gunshots and then you know it's kind of this spiralling domino effect of everything going to shit And but if you come out the other end you get really good rewards for it and and it's a super satisfying moment you know when she, when she takes when you get to take her out and they've got this really cool relationship that's explored every time you start a new run. They have a conversation with each other, Joanna and Colt, the main character. They come through the um, speaker on the, the PS5 controller, so it feels like, you know, a walkie-talkie sort of thing. And, um, you know, these kind of really quite funny conversations they have at the start of each day, and she's kind of taunting Colt the whole time that he doesn't know what he's doing. He's just making it up as he goes. And, um, and he kind of has witty comebacks you know when he's killed or the last time and he you know he'll say something well you you make a good looking corpse or something like that and and they joke about it because the day just starts over again you know so it plays with that really well so i I think if you disliked the way combat felt in dishonored you're not going to enjoy this because it feels like that it's definitely more action focused that stealth's very important but it's definitely more action focused than dishonored um but if you enjoyed that, this is this is a really really good game. I I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm I'm giving it an A on our review. Uh, I couldn't find much to fault at all. Really, it's it's polished to hell. Like it'd been delayed four times. You know that's know. always a bit of a yeah. worry. But they've they've delayed it obviously to make it better. And and it's polished. It's 
fun. The the 60s exploitation kind of vibe that it's got going is fun. It's never um, derogatory in any way. They just have a lot of fun with that kind of, you know, those those black late 60s movie sort of feel. Um, lead characters are funny. The writing's great. Combat's really good. And it's a super interesting mystery to try and solve. Uh, and, a, and it brings it all together in a really nice package. question here is, if you know the answer to the mystery, does this make it a very short game? No. No. The way it's set up is that even if you knew the end result, you couldn't rush through it. And that's intentionally done, I feel. Um, because there is the multiplayer mode where you can take control of Joanna and uh, Juliana, sorry, and invade other people's games, uh, which you can turn off or on if you don't like it or not. Yeah, that's you, you can become the assassin to jump in, you know, you see your mates playing and go, hey, it's time to have a bit of fun with them. Um, but yeah, th- there are certain events that you have to trigger within the game and it's, it's, it's kind of hard to explain without diving too deep into story. Um, but yeah, they have to be triggered to arrange for all the events to happen and that bring characters together so you can make the required eight kills in one day. Now they have to step it up and have a Hitman level variety to the way you can kill them yeah. in the next one. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely more gunplay focused. Um, uh, so there's not really super inventive ways to kill. I mean, you can use the powers to you know, push someone off the edge of a cliff or something, but that's about it. Uh, and there's also the lack of guilt because you know once you kill them, they're just going to wake up the next morning anyway. So it's all good. Unless you kill just them all. Kill all. There's some really cool stuff you can do with the mechanical things. At one point, I set up a, a trap with three different turrets set up around a doorway. Um, so kind of creating this covering fire. And then I shot a gun and watched as all the bad guys ran out to see me. And they just ran into this mm. wall of turret fire cool. that just <laughs> just took them all out. So you Freedom. can do cool things like that. <laughs> very, very, very well put. I'm, I'm very impressed. Um, it was a game I had worries about, and all those worries, it was it was wasted. I shouldn't have worried. But it's, I guess know. we just got to hope it um, actually sells, unlike every past fantastic arcane game arcane that's game. Yeah. gotten amazing critical reviews, and then yeah, is a wet fart on the oh. sales chart. This one, I think, the big the... advantage here is it's a PS5 exclusive. Yep. In a period where there's not many, this is the especially with Horizon pushback. Yep. Sony is going to be pushing this hard. Yeah, I think I think it'll do well. And honestly, it's probably the best game so far that's used all the bells and whistles of the PS5 too. So it uses the haptic triggers really well, which is always a worry in the first-person shooters because you know sometimes it feels off. You know, uh, it feels good here. The speaker in the in the controllers used really well. Um, ray tracing, it does ray tracing at 30 frames or um, no ray tracing in 60 frames. I played it in 30 frames. I mean, it's it's a like a, an arcane game. It's got that kind of cartoon style to it, so I didn't really notice the difference between 60 and 30. Uh, but the ray tracing added quite a bit, so I, I felt the trade-off was worth it. Um, but yeah, good-looking game. Well put together. Can't, can't say enough good about it. The last arcane game we'll be getting on the PlayStation? Uh, yes. More very, than likely. Very yes. possibly. So yeah, well worth checking out when it comes out. Well, it'll be out by the time you listen to this. All right, we're going to have a little break, go and get a drink, listen to some music, 
And we'll be back to talk all things Sony and what they've got coming up. Stay with us. Last week, Sony finally decided to get in on the act of showing everyone their new and upcoming games. After sitting out E3 and Gamescom, and I guess subjecting themselves to weird fanboy abuse because they didn't actually tell us anything, they decided to tell us something. And they came out with the PlayStation Experience Showcase, whatever the hell they called it, for 2021. In short, it was a, well, half an hour, 45 minute show of a lot of games coming to the PlayStation. Uh, there were some really big reveals, there were some surprises, and there were some ones we probably didn't need to see. First off the bat, however, was the biggest reveal for me personally, and it is kind of an odd one, uh, but I'm going to throw to Stephen first. Knights of the Old Republic. Are we excited? I mean, I I do love KOTOR. I've played both of them on the xbox back in the day because i did not have a pc at that point i'm really interested to see how this turns out because i don't think anyone's keen for that crpg system anymore unless you're like a diehard old school pc fan and then you're probably going to be whinging about something else about it anyway so (laughs) especially after something like fallen order like i cool but i i just What's it, is it going to look amazing, but it's still just basically rolling dice in the background for me to tell me, no, that attack didn't work. No, that attack didn't work. No, they did that one. <laughs> like, I'm, I'll just be really interested to see how that works, because I really think there's going to be a, a lot of people as, who will be like, what is this? Oh, Why? No, me, me press piss off and hit enemy. Yeah, like, I, that's how I, it be. I have to think it'll turn into something like Mass Effect in, in oh, structure. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's the only way this works in this day and age, as if it becomes, I'm not saying a, a copy of Mass Effect, but, you know, that kind of action-style uh, RPG. Where it's combat. a shooter for RPG fans, fans rather than... Yeah, yeah, yes. That sort of thing. I, I have to f- think it, it'll do that in some way. Because I adore the, the, the KOTOR games and have played them probably... As recently as last year, I think I played through them again, um, and they are brilliant. But they are there is no denying they are dated as hell. Like more so than just about, like if you look at Bioware's back catalogue, it's they're probably dated more than even Baldur's Gate has. Damn, um, dude. So, you know, and Baldur's Gate is older, but that, that kind of style of isometric RPG holds up a bit better, I think, um, to to what Kotor was. So there's some work to be done and it's an untested studio so 
they've done mobile ports and things like that, but I think this is this is a big one for them to take on, especially away from Bioware, away from EA. Big call. I don't know. I don't know. Anyone else got any worries about it? I mean, I played the first one, like, three, four years ago for the first mm. time. Um, and, look, it did feel dated. Um, not unplayably dated, but, no. you know, it, it felt, you know, of its time, I guess. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see what an upgrade will do for it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's not something I expected. No, especially not on PlayStation. Like the fact yeah, that's, that's a weird bit. PlayStation. That's that's a real weird bit. It's kind of like when Tomb Raider went Xbox exclusive. Mm. It, it it's not doesn't upset me any. I've got both systems, but like it it just doesn't quite sit right. Well, I guess you know Tomb Raider was always PlayStation. Tomb Raider came out in the Saturn first. If you want to get really anal yeah. about this shit. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's it kind of feels like almost an odd place for it to go. But obviously, Sony doled out the cash for there it. Was I don't know, man? There's so much Disney. Yeah. In this showcase, is it also interesting then that Microsoft didn't dole out the money? It could be, or maybe they just didn't approach them because Sony and Disney obviously have a well, as we'll get to as we go through this show, have a very cozy working relationship. Cozy relationship at the moment. So it could be just that Sony were offered first, I guess. I mean it's coming to PC too and it and all reports say it's a timed exclusive, not a full full exclusive. So you probably get a six or twelve month lead time on the PlayStation before it hits Xbox. I mean But I I I'll play it. Yeah. But I think it's gonna be I, I just can't foresee that same RPG combat system. No. I think that what people remember about Knights of the Old Republic is the story beats. Yeah. Um, so as long as they nail the story beats, and I'm, I guess it's, it's hard not to spoil it at this point. If you haven't ever played KOTOR and you want to um, uh, dive in without ruining anything, kind of turn your sound off for 30 seconds or so and but give them a few the, moments the, because this game is coming out again so now this spoiler is yeah, actually now a spoiler. the spoiler is actually a spoiler so um yeah so give us 30 seconds we're going to talk uh, quickly about the big reveal in the first one which is that the player you play as is actually the dark lord revan um how is that going to hit when you know what's coming that's like that was what I remember from that game. That that moment that has just kind of become almost perfect Bioware in the way they do things. And they revealed that story and then everything clicks into place and you go, holy shit. Maybe they'll change it. Uh, Maybe it'll be like Final Fantasy VII Blazed. Yeah. <laughs> where they give Sephiroth a bit of marijuana and some bad stuff doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> chill out, man. <laughs> I knew when I played it that that was yeah. what the end was going to be. Because, you know, like, I only played yeah. it recently, so yeah, spoiler kind of hit. I think it can be done really well if it does things to maybe contextualise or recontextualise things. Like, replaying The Last of Us Part Two again recently, I felt that certain elements of it hit harder because I knew where it was going, yeah. and you had that extra context to 
dig that deeper meaning from certain elements of it that weren't as readily apparent on that first playthrough. So I think if they can really lean into that idea, but I guess the issue they're going to have is how do they make that happen for people returning to it whilst also not winking too heavily to new players and tipping their hand too much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess this is a quintessential Star Wars dilemma, though, because, I mean, the twist from the very first episode of Star Wars was very much known when that movie came out. Yeah. It is all um, very interesting to see how it plays out, and I can't wait to see some gameplay and see which route they go. And obviously, it'll be canon now, because it'll be under the Disney banner, and it'll actually be considered part of the Star Wars I wonder Wars if that's War, going to is... affect what they can and can't do with the story. Yeah, it, it possibly will. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't actually touch any events of existing Star Wars stuff, so, I'm, I mean, you'd have to think they're pretty, pretty yeah, free. a clear relationship in it, though, which Disney are kind of iffy about. Yes, yes. So, I don't know. Mm. That'll be interesting. Very. Mm. Mm. All right, then, we'll move on to Project Eve. Now, this game, they haven't confirmed that it's a Parasite Eve sequel but i think it is and it looks like a platinum game in just about every Except way shape the or aesthetic, form the aesthetics like it's it it's like if team ninja with some korean color grading learned how to make good action games again <laughs> I, I just saw it and thought of tim i thought oh tim might might dig this <laughs> it, it's it seems like a, a platinum-ish sort of game the combat certainly looked that way the combat, they're clearly going for a platinum combat style. It's just the aesthetic is definitely not quite platinum. Which was annoying yeah. me when I was watching that trailer because I'm going, this looks really platinum, but something is off. Something is off. And then, like, and then it, it partly is like, it's not even developed in Japan. I think it's Korean developed. And hey, that that's cool. Like, for the longest time, Korea was just a couple of MMO games on the PC. I actually, when I first Sorry. saw Project Eve jump up, I thought it was going to be another like Eve Online spin-off because <laughs> they've had a few few of those recently. They had a first-person shooter, and then they had a um, like some VR games and stuff. And I thought, oh, Eve Online's doing another one. And then I watched it and I went, hang on a minute, that's not Eve Online. <laughs> different, <laughs> very different. No, it is not. <laughs> no, it's not. So don't get confused, people, like I did. It looks pretty cool, they though. Could just be- Maybe maybe they're just testing the waters with the title and it could be something that changes if they realise they can't trade on the Parasite Eve property anymore because that game hasn't had a good release since the PlayStation 1. Yeah, I was about to say, it wasn't the last game on the PlayStation? Or has there been more? PSP, it was a uh, PSP game that was not well received. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, right. de- I'm aware of the franchise. I've never actually played it. The character looks like she's like an outcast from a Dead or Alive game. It's kind of... It has mm. some kind of weird... Like early two thousand skeeziness about its camera angles as well. Yeah, that was my main feeling watching it. Is that I was like, "Are we doing this really? Like, okay, do we need that? Like, you can you, sure make it pretty as you want, but like, you, do we need to camel toe every five seconds? Like, yeah, I just feel like and it's not in the way that kind of Bayonetta does it. Mm-mm. Almost, yeah, Bayonetta is of... weird, and it's kind of like this is my crotch in your face, bitches, or something very different. <laughs> yeah. about the tone. It's kind of like gone through to the other side of skeeziness yeah. into parody. Almost, yeah. so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes you feel uncomfortable for being the voyeur, as opposed to this, where it's clearly just that male gaze yep. aspect. Yep, 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 yep. Fair enough. Yeah, you, you, it's kind of the game that you, you know, kind of 
get embarrassed if your wife walks in on while you're playing. <laughs> you know? Like when your mum used to catch you reading Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Well, when I was, like, when Bayonetta first came out, um, like, a family friend was trying to explain it to my dad. And he was, I don't know, a teen at the time. <laughs> and my dad was looking at him like, what the hell? He's like, yeah, so, like, her hair is her clothes. My dad's like, what? Like, yeah, so her, so her hair, it's just all her clothes. And I'm sitting there, like, this tiny child, like, dear God. Don't why try is and explain happening? that. Just say it turns into a dragon sometimes and just, it's a bad guy. Just, yeah. <laughs> Please. Yeah. So yeah. that was a memorable moment for me. Memorable moments. Speaking of memorable uh, moments, look at that mm. for a segue. Uh, mm. I thought the Tiny Tina's uh, return was, was pretty funny. Um, yeah. Ashley Birch. I, I, I like her. I like her too. Yeah. I'm not a Borderlands person. Like, I don't I don't really care that much about Borderlands. Yeah. But I care more about this because, like, her brand of just wacky, over-the-top yeah. kind of fun and, like, the voice cast that's just all fire... Um, yes. like it, I'm, I'm low key interested in this in a way that I'm not usually in Borderlands. Yeah, my, um, youngest who's just started playing D&D watched this mm. and thought, yes, it's not, I want to play this now. It's <laughs> <laughs> not want to play that, Dad. So I'll probably yeah. end up playing it with him. But yeah, it's nice. just Borderlands. Yeah, me and Fantasy. Borderlands. Trappings. Uh, <laughs> the best Borderlands <laughs> game was a Telltale one. Mm. I've had a lot of fun over the years with Borderlands, but. I think Borderlands 3 was a misfire, so I'm interested to see and uh, where it goes. The humour for Borderlands has never hit with me. It always seems like it's trying too hard. There, there are points, but I think Tina's probably the one that's landed the most in her appearances, so... Um, Fingers crossed. I'd like for it to be good. Though. Yeah. I don't wish yeah. for it to be bad. So, certainly the most colourful-looking Borderlands game from the trailer. Um, yeah. Leaning into that wacky... Dungeons and Dragons with that, aesthetic. To be fair, yeah. Just Andy Samberg for no reason. Yep, just because. <laughs> That's what he does now. <laughs> yeah, just pops up. Why not? It's like it, like in Saints Row when you could pick Nolan North as your yeah. voice. <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be Andy Samberg now. Yeah, it'll be Andy Samberg now. All right, then here we go, Jess. This is the one mm. you've been waiting for. Yeah. Mm. 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 Mm-hmm. Or spoken. Or spoken. Pretty good. God, it looks so cool. Yeah. Like, it looked cool when it was just kind of a slightly intriguing, mysterious-looking fantasy game. Mm. And then this trailer for it came out, and suddenly it's this whole different thing. Um, and it just made me so much more interested in it. Like, I, I was interested before, but this is... Wow. It is looking very yes. cool. And yeah. I, I mean, it says t- t- Luminous Studio or something, I th- I'm guessing this is using an advanced version of the Final Fantasy XV engine. It has that aesthetic about it that is very much its own thing. And that world is just sprawling. Yeah. Honestly, it was the game of the show for me. Yeah, um, In 100%. what I saw. Like, as far as surprises and, and seeing gameplay, I thought... And I, I thought it was going to be a PlayStation exclusive. That's the, the kind of... Like, a PlayStation mm. first-party game. That's the vibe mm. it gave me. And then I saw it was... A Square mm. Enix game, and I thought, wow, that's the most impressive thing they've done. That's not Final Fantasy for a very long time. So, and she looks like such a like such a cool protagonist. Yeah, I like her she so does. much. I like already. her getting excited about learning that she has this ability. She's just like, I do this cool mm. shit now. <laughs> yeah. Um, the actress who plays her was, you know, in uh, Charlie's Angels, whenever that came out recently. Oh, the, the most recent one. Yeah. The most recent one, yeah. Um, and I don't think she really did anything. Barrymore one. Yeah, they're not Drew, Drew Barrymore one. The, yeah, right. the um, Kristen Stewart one. Yeah. Um, 
And, um, yeah, I hadn't really seen her in anything before. But then, like, she has quite a distinctive, like, tooth gap. And I remember being really impressed when I saw the animation for, like, the original trailers. That I was like, wow, that's Ella Belinsko. And they're like, I know that because they've so lovingly animated this tooth gap that she has. Like, graphics have come a long way. It was just a weird moment of, like, wow, they're really good at graphics. making digital versions of people, people now. now. <laughs> yeah. And, and her armband sounds like Stephen Merchant for some reason. Stephen Merchant, yeah. Um, is it is it Stephen Merchant? I don't know if it, it is Stephen Merchant. Because it's but like it Stephen like Merchant, Steve. like, sometimes it's Benedict Cumberbatch, like, sometimes it's Paul Bettany. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, really... Yeah. It, it's kind of floating through the range of, of British, yeah. British accents. But, yeah. yeah. It, it gave me that kind of robot from Portal feel when it first mm. spoke, so that's why I thought of Stephen Merchant anyway. Mm. We want it to sound like Portal 2, and we want it to sound like Jarvis, but we don't want to pay the money it would cost us to hire <laughs> either of those people. Stephen yeah. Merchant's not much. He does anything. So yeah. <laughs> Paul Bettany's got standards, but I don't think Stephen Merchant does, as long as he gets the check. <laughs> the tallest man in comedy. What is Paul? He really is. <laughs> he really is. Um, all right, I'm going to give you, well, an odd one, Stephen, in Rainbow Six Extraction. Uh, I don't know how to feel about this game. I do. I don't care. Um, <laughs> yeah, up top. No caring about Tom like, I just, I. It's just so... I mean, this stuff's so far beyond Tom Clancy these days. Anyway, yeah. it's just a branding exercise, let's be honest. Um, it's way easier to sell a game if you slap Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six colon subtitle onto something. Um, yeah. And I never played Siege because guess what? I'm not great at online games and I don't have enough time to dedicate to anything single player that's 10 out of 10, let alone something that's going to make me feel really bad about myself night after night. Um, well, this isn't competitive. This is completely co-op. So that, um, that is slightly more appealing uh, yeah. in a way. But, but then you also need your friends to be able to have the exact same free time at the exact same night. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a man in his mid-30s with small children. And <laughs> it generally means that uh, I couldn't organize any sort of extended yeah. gaming session with other people to save my life. Is so, it something that they were going to call quarantine? That they yeah. then were like, oh, better not. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good call, to be fair. Um, yeah. seems, you know, seems a bit on the nose. Which is fine, not not every game is for every person. And this looks like it's going to obviously appeal to a particular demographic. Um, I mean, it, when it comes to Tom Clancy stuff, I would say that the things that have most interested me are, in the past, the Ghost Recon series, um, up until the more recent entries where it started to feel less and less like Ghost Recon and more and, and, more, and more blurring into that like yeah. Ubisoft game um, thing, but yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm sorry that I, I I can't muster much excitement for a game series that I've never really been excited in. Yeah, there's going to be a I, bunch I mean, of guys in the mid twenties who are going to be hyped for this. Yeah, I, I, I think it'll be a very good game. It's just not going to be that game with mass appeal i think and also as someone that grew up i read tom clancy books as a kid you know or as a teenager and like you said this is this is not tom clancy at all like tom clancy wrote very technical very military-minded thrillers he didn't once write about aliens he didn't once write about killer viruses he didn't once write about any of that shit 
<laughs> so that attitude he didn't. <laughs> it, it feels like it should be called, you know, Alien Hunters or Invasion something or other. Anything but Tom Clancy for me. Um, and then they're doing that weird Tom Clancy multiplayer shooter that's supposed to be like Overwatch and jamming Sam Fisher into that. And I, I just, I just want to cry because I really, really love Splinter Cell. And really, you just want a new Splinter Cell. If there must be a new Tom Clancy new... game, make it a Splinter Cell. Just fucking make a Splinter Cell game. Everyone wants Splinter Cell. It was the best Tom Glancy games. And you keep just jamming him into every... He's been in fucking Assassin's Creed at this point. Why hasn't he been in his own game? Uh, I mean, I'm sure there are lots of reasons for it. And most of them come down to a bottom line or market research and metrics and other things around that. Or Michael Ironside not willing to do the voice anymore. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, uh, one of the big ones that we kind of knew was coming, um, but I'm very excited to dive back into, is Alan Wake Remastered. Uh, cult classic game from the 360 era. Uh, every, everyone else keen for this one? I'm very keen to play it again. I'm, I'm going to age my sure. computer here, because the original Alan Wake was one of the first games I bought for my current desktop to show off how powerful my new desktop was to myself. Wow. <laughs> 11 years ago it came out, so... Yeah. GTX um, 680, when that, that shit bitches. <laughs> that was running that thing smooth as 1080p. Um, I'm mixed on that game. It kind of grating. I really like some of the end music. The writing didn't seem to be as clever as it wanted to be. I forget who said it. Maybe Dan Golding, actually. It felt like the comment at the time was, Control got better. Was it like, it feels like um, the guys, the developers, had read every Stephen King book except yep. for on writing. <laughs> oh, I agree so hard. Oh, amazing. Like, Alan Wake is everything that I should like. I, 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 I didn't play it for the first time until last year, and I was so, like, excited. I was like, I'm finally going to get to play this game that everybody loves. It's like, like, I love Stephen King. I, I kind of like, you know, spooky mystery games. Like, it should have been for me, but then they were like, modern camping equipment is lightweight. And I was like, I can't. I just can't with Alan Wake. See, I, I really enjoyed Alan Wake a lot. Um, a lot of people did. Most people did. It got, like, critical and me, acclaim. And to me, it felt less Stephen King and more Twin Peaks. Um... With the, yeah. with this inherent inherent weirdness that is kind of there, that it's that, it's that's, Lynchian. It did not feel very Lynch. Lynchian to me. Yeah, it didn't feel heaps Lynchian to me. What I liked yeah, was that they kind of built it to be an open world game and then put a linear game in it. So they built this entire fucking world. So the sense of scale in this linear game was actually really impressive. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I I love the the lore of Alan Wake and I love the lore of Control. And Control is honestly yeah. one of my favorite games in the past. Right, you want like really good weird game. to which this is actually trying to get at is I think the closing song um, for the second episode called Haunted by Poe is a sister yeah. of the guy who wrote House of Leaves. If you want the kind of mindfuck that Alan Wake wants to be, go read House of Leaves. That book is amazing. <laughs> yes, it is coming back. And if you're a I teenage boy, you need a convincing to read out of leaves. At one point in that book, the words on the page are like formatted in such a shape as to be an eject- ejaculating penis. I'm going to not read that book. I... Dick picks in books. All right, okay. It That's is very right. postmodern. That's some interesting wordplay. <laughs> yeah. um, so, 
is there a potential that this is slightly more than a remaster and they're sort of shoring things up to link this to control a bit more yeah, explicitly? Sure. It's, it's absolutely because they're looking at Alamake 2. The end of the AWE expansion in control um, and now this, it, it's, it's market testing uh, for Alamake 2. I, I'm, I'm pretty Three sure. could be really cool. Like, yeah. control was so good. Very, and very good. so many of Remedy's games are so good. This one just kind of didn't do it for me, but I'm, like, willing to open my heart for yeah, the yeah. second one because they've clearly learned. I do wonder, though. And the is... lore is so cool. Very cool, oh. yeah. Just please, please. Do we want please... Alan Wake 2 or do we want Control 2? <laughs> we want both. Control 2 is already confirmed. But please, please, please um, do not do the thing where this is out now and if you get an Alan Wake 2, it depends on if you buy the remake. Yeah, no, no. I don't think so. I think this is just more, I guess, building a groundswell of support for for a long time, Remedy have been kind of precariously placed, money wise. Um, Control bought them a lot of freedom when Epic said, "Hey, we love your shit. Let's have a big publishing agreement." So a big love. So that now they've got now they've got a big publishing agreement with Epic. Um, I think they they can play the long game a bit more. Um, are, you, are you saying they were quantum broke and now they have a lot more financial Steve. control? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, amazing. This is why you don't come on very often, Steve. <laughs> Steve. Part of the reason. Yeah. I love All it. All right, I'm going to skip the next one because Grand Theft fucking who cares? Um, <laughs> uh, apparently, every chart ever that keeps putting this game in the top why? one. Who spots the point? It has literally been why? a fixture of the PSN for the entire PS4 and PS3. Why? It was on PS3. Mm-hmm. God, why? Yeah, but it wasn't well, out for the entire life I of the like PS3. Grand Theft Auto Five. I'm so fucking over it, though. Like, <laughs> I just don't. I just why? Why? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's obviously money to be made. Um, yeah. Yeah. Stop buying it, people. Fuck <laughs> stop buying. I I just have to imagine it's because they must either they're getting banned and they need to keep buying copies so they can get back online. Or the deal to get shark cards is cheaper if you Keep just buy a whole buy new the copy whole... of the game. <laughs> online. And I'd never played a second of it online. As soon as I was finished single-player campaign, it went in the done bin. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, Ghostwire Togway. Speaking of uh, weird games, this this one looks weird, but it looks we've finally seen some gameplay. Um, it's in a, a first-person melee Horror magic thing. Thing? You know, from the guys that brought you Evil Within. Look, I, it looks I, cool. I loved the Evil Within too, and I mm. think the reason for that is I played it well after it had come out, and they had a couple of cheat modes you could put on, which just made the exploration of that game so much more enjoyable when you weren't worried about, you know, the scarce ammo and the combat aspects. Because what I think that game did so well was the storyline and the exploration of the little world and stuff like that. So I'm super keen for this, but yeah, I'm yeah. worried that me being the massive scrub that has God Mode on in Evil Within 2 is going to go into this and be like, well, the combat's getting in the way of me enjoying the spooky feels, so... Yes, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's supposed to be a full horror game or whether it's just kind of an action game with horror trappings or... or looks or hella creepy. It does. In that kind of, I guess... Um, Almost like The Ring and, and mm. The Grudge and that sort oh, of very J horror. Yeah, it's very. Uh, these are the sorts of horror films I will not watch. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. No. So I don't know. I, I, I'm intrigued. I wouldn't say I'm excited for it. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, weird, spooky. Yes, yes, very spooky. Uh, another one that's kind of getting flogged to death at the moment, and I've more or less lost interest because it's been flogged so much, is the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, okay, can I? Can I? I mean, I told you before, like this is gonna be me bemoaning too much Marvel. Marvel, yeah. Um, and thing is, so I, I've also just come off the back of playing Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which is mm. a mechanically very sound, very smooth, visually stunning, especially upgraded for PS5. Tomb yeah. Raider game that was also felt very empty and just had moments where it was just wildly racist. Mm. It, it, it even got worse, I think, after oh, yeah. the last podcast. Like, holy crap. Um. That was developed by, I believe, the Deus Ex guys. Uh, yes. Part and of their team. Partly. And I also believe that the yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy is also developed by the Deus Ex guys. So we're getting an okay Guardian- looking Guardians of the Galaxy game when we could have a new Deus Ex game. Yeah, I know. That that always worries me. That annoys it, the hell out of me. When we're getting so. this much Marvel, my issue isn't that any of these games are going to suck. It's it. We're getting this instead of something else. Yeah, I, I think, and I it it just looks so by what the what the corporate has done their market research and they said this is what we think is going to be popular and it looks kind of flavorless and lifeless. And I feel like we could be getting something better if it didn't exist. Is it just going to go the way of Avengers, where it's like the yep. slightly licensed vibe that we got with that, and it's just going to be this fairly run-of-the-mill third-person action game? I think, I think so. so. I honestly think yeah, so. And, you, and it's not even you get the joy of, I guess, being the weirder characters. You get to play as the straight white guy. Yeah, Not straight like, anymore, remember? People lose oh, their shit over no. that. Sorry. Um, yeah, but I mean, you get... It, of, of a, of a world Who wouldn't want to play as a raccoon? Like, come on. Dave Batista in red. Um, you could play as a walking tree. Yeah, exactly. You could play as an angry, rabid rodent with a big gun. I would be Tree Vin Diesel. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, like, this sort of game, like, I want to be, I, I want to be interested because I, like, I love a good ensemble cast. They've all got kind of weird, interesting powers. But Guardians of the Galaxy was probably my least favorite of the Marvel Cinematic Universe films, and it was because the humor just rubbed me so far the wrong way. Um, and I'm scared that the game will do the same thing. So, is that a James Gunn thing though? And without him involved in this, maybe it's going to have a different vibe. Uh... And also, I mean, Thor: The Dark World is a thing. Can't we put that at the bottom? Oh no, yeah, you're right. That's true. I did rewatch that the other day. It's still bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, no, that's true. Um, yeah, Dark World's actively, terrible. Like, the thing is that it didn't actively offend me in the same way that Guardians of the Galaxy did. Like, Thor 2, I'm kind of, like, whatever, sure. Like, I don't care. I don't really understand what's going on half the time because you haven't planned your plot very well or described who <laughs> any of these people are, but, like, sure. Um, but it didn't, like, actively make it, make me feel like, wow, you just degrade women for the entire film. Like, you know? So, <laughs> I just... I don't know. It just it just didn't do it for me. Um, so I, I don't know. Maybe the game no. won't do that. Maybe it's a James Gunn Rocket. thing. Maybe you're right. I would lose yeah, a lot. I, I want to play as Groot. I'd make I think little... it's a few years too late. Yeah. I think yeah, it's yeah, the it's same deal as, as well. It's, 
It's just also, too late. I want to play as Adam Jensen. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I want to finish that story. Look, personally, I'd rather play as Groot than Adam Jensen, but that's... Okay, I want to play as Cyborg Groot in a Deus Ex game. Yeah, let's do that. I want to get to the point where Adam Jensen meets J.C. Denton. I want that to happen. That is my gaming goal. Yeah, my my only fear of that is, like, if those games cross over too much. Remember that Deus Ex, like the original one, still one of the best PC games ever, is literally about a manufactured virus so that they could sell the cure. This is not something you want certain people discovering right now. (laughs) Maybe that's where they got the idea from, you know. Some Are you saying that Iron Storm is to blame for COVID? Is that where yes. <laughs> Are we supposed to bring our own tinfoil hats? Or... Yeah. <laughs> just, just put my beard All right. I'm going to skip, skip Blood Hunt because yep. it's a battle royale. Um, and Deathloop because we talked about that already. Weird Radiohead thing. I was yeah. like, huh, they're playing the kid stuff and it looks very radiohead and then it was lit i think it's just a i'm guessing it's going to what be a f- i don't i'm guessing it's just going to be some sort of free album tour or museum like thing look it, it I, is super I, odd i work with teenagers on a daily basis and let me tell you you know what these kids really love radiohead. it's not radiohead it's <laughs> literally what is and kids, is it so all like the, the 30 to 40 year olds can be like yes i remember when music was good <laughs> when no, Radiohead that... was good. <laughs> That's not going to work. Beautiful... Kid A basically has no discernible instruments in it. Most of the angry people are like, there are no guitars anymore. <laughs> yeah. Little throwback. There's a beautiful Radiohead creep cover of, uh, yeah, cover of Creep in uh, Life is Strange True Colors. That is possibly the most covered song in the history of the world. Too. Also, so possibly the worst pretty. Radiohead song, so in a weird. I mean, whatever. Yeah. It, wait, it makes sense in context. I'm sure it does. Um, no surprises but, there. But like, is the world need the depression of more Radiohead at this point? Like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like going, oh, geez, I feel shit. I'm going to put on some Nick Cave. We've just gone uh, that far into nihilism that everyone's just hey. there all the time. I've got one song that was effectively written by a phone call with Michael Stipe, and I only know this because I'm much more of an REM fan than I am a Radiohead fan, where basically the entire lyric is, I'm not here, this isn't happening, and that seems pretty on point for the moment. Yeah, mm. yeah, fair enough. True. All right, I don't know how to pronounce this one. Uh, Tachia. Looks cool. Tachia. Super it cool. It looks like Wind Waker vibes. Major Wind Waker, Waker vibes. vibes. I'm keen. Yeah. I'm very curious to see where this comes from. I am Absolutely. down for any game that wants to explore a part of the world that I've never been before and that isn't New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think I could navigate New York. I have never been there in my life, but I reckon... <laughs> I reckon I'd get lost because the video games gave me an incorrect street sense. <laughs> like, I'm sure there was a bagel shop here. I've played five games. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man's pretty accurate. You can literally go to the place I got married. Oh, that's Indeed. cool. Yeah. That's exciting. Video game representation. It's taken my... Yeah. But anyway, towards too many... Yeah. Yeah. We're getting sidetracked. Um, Cute, colourful. It looks beautiful. Looks really yeah. nice. I like this... Clearly next gen, but also clearly cartoony as all hell. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, I, I think that always the worry with anything, and there's been a few lately that have kind of tried to trade off that Wind Waker vibe. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's if you're going to compare yourself to something, I guess, as iconic as Wind Waker, there's some big shoes to fill. Mm. And if you don't fill them, people are going to react pretty badly, I think. Um, yeah. You know, Nintendo fanboys, while not necessarily as bad as 
Sony fanboys. Uh, they still can be rather ridiculous. I don't know. It's it's very hard to tell sometimes who's the yeah. worst of the lot. Uh, there's bad people on all sides, let's yeah, face it. But yeah, mm, mm. I mean, Nintendo's clearly not doing a new Wind Waker anytime soon. So no. no. So hopefully, it doesn't. Yeah, it does enough to separate itself, uh, or, or lives up to that legacy. I guess. Mm. Quick one, Uncharted on PC. Yep, everyone knew yep. that was coming. Yep, cool. It'll look really good. Kind of bummed that I think this means that we're not getting a free 60 frame per second patch. Uh, you'll get a $10? You'll get a $10 <laughs> one. frame per second patch. Although maybe... Oh, no, yeah. So it's early 2022, and Sony confirmed that uh, Forbidden West is going to be the last freebie you're getting, mother truckers, and stop asking them about it was yeah. basically the vibe of that PR blast. Yeah. So if, if this is slightly after that, which I feel it will be, then it's yeah. past that free window. And But to be fair, I'm actually really keen to go back and play these. When I last did my Uncharted um, replay, I didn't do Lost Legacy because after having done the other games in 60 frames, I just couldn't deal with it. Nice. And then going yep. back and doing Last of Us Part 2 in 60 frames, oh my god, that game is lovely to play through in 60 frames. I so still I am haven't pretty keen for these. played Lost Legacy, and it's also killed my dream of Lost Legacy coming to PS Plus sometime this year. So. No, it's, it's, it's really good. I've heard that I'm it's really also good. Keen to I fully it. believe that it's really good. Hmm. I, I love so, both the games, so I'm keen. I'll probably get them on the PC to see what I can, you know, yeah. do with them. Uh, although the worry is that... Sony's first big PC port Horizon wasn't very good. Mm. Um, Days Gone was. It was quite a good port. I don't think it's going to go um, back. I think they're gradually learning as they go. I yeah, fully so expect this to be at least as good as they go- Days Gone. Days Gone, Days Gone was, a, was a pretty good port. Like They did a really good job there. So Interesting to see. Uh, Wolverine. Shoot, mm. It's coming from Insomniac. Good developer. It'll be good. I'm, I have every yeah. confidence it's good. But again, it's like I would... I want the alternate universe where I could see what else Insomniac is doing instead. Of being the Marvel factory. Yeah, the fact that they're now working on two Marvel games. Yeah. I think the thing about this is there's so much interesting stuff you could do with gamifying Wolverine's healing power that Mm -hmm. I'm really keen to see how they play with that. And and any other developer I'd be worried? I'm not not worried with Insomniac. Like... they make big shit. Oh, yeah. But Spider-Man, so much of that was that traversal. Yeah. So I wonder if it's then going to feel like a step backwards if we're just the standard third person running around. I I have a feeling it'll be more like, yeah, more like Ratchet and Clank in, not obviously in cartoony style, but in that style of game as in a third person. I'm expecting a slightly more cartoony take on God of War, actually. Um. Yeah, actually, that's probably not a bad... Bad comparison. I got. I don't. I don't get game. what Steve's saying about what they do with re, the um, healing power. Like clearly, that is like every video game ever now. Have you played Call of Duty? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, in terms of the fact that he can regenerate from almost nothing, so they could probably do some like Dead Space sort of things where basically, like he maybe he just has all the flesh ripped off his leg and that leg doesn't work. And I think there's some stuff they could do with that. Uh, if they went that full I level don't. where it's like, you know, he can be incinerated by a nuclear bomb and still regenerate from that. Yeah. Or you get very close to Deadpool territory with the jokes there, though, with the baby arm growing back and things like that. Either that or it's yeah. going to be, like, so violent it'll be banned in Australia. Yeah. No, violence oh, is okay. okay. It's, it's just drugs, man. Yeah. 
even alien drugs, you can't have them. Uh, GT, it'll get delayed. That's all I've got to say about that. You reckon? Yes. <laughs> Do you two want to put money it's on G- this? I kind of want to see this as like it's something that actually comes back. Yeah. <laughs> GT, I, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be good. Um, but let's face it, what's a GT game without it 19 release date delays? be a good, realistic, sterile racing game that looks incredibly pretty and that I will want to like, but will inevitably bounce off because yeah. that is completely not my jam. Yeah, and it'll have no soul. Um, the last oh, couple have, have have been, yeah, severely lacking when you compare it to its main competitor. So I think they've got a lot of ground to make up too. So, um, but yeah, Spider Man Two, yay! Yes, I Spider Man um, is the like the last game that I a hundred percent completed. I loved it so much. I think a lot of people got the platinum. I think. There was a release for Sony that said it was the highest amount of platinum trophies mm-hmm. of so any game. A lot of yeah, of any game, of any game on their um on the PlayStation. I mean, so. It's is it still like the highest selling exclusive on the platform? I think it was. Oh, well, especially last after time it got re-released. Not surprised. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, that doesn't surprise me. It was going for like specifically. I remember nineteen dollars the last time I was back in Australia mm-hmm. as well. Like mm-hmm. that thing yeah. was everywhere and cheap. So. Oh yeah, because they're they're having to get the people who haven't bought it already and will only buy it if it's nineteen dollars. Yeah, so, yeah, they've they've bled out the market at full price. So yeah, um, cool thing. Looks like you can play as Miles, as mm. Peter, and as Venom. Um, Venom's being voiced by Tony Todd, which is awesome. For those that don't know, Tony Todd is the Candyman. Um, mm-hmm. So creepy voice for a creepy character that works. Uh, yeah, and it sounds like, I mean, I know a bit about Spider-Man lore, and I'm guessing that it's Craven the Hunter's the bad guy they're talking to, but they don't specifically say. Um, I think he's one of the only bad guys left they haven't explored in any depth, so... I was getting Craven vibes from the trailer. Yeah, I I I think it's Craven. You know, it could be wrong, it could be Morpheus or someone like that, but I, especially with Venom involved, but I, I, I think it's Craven. Um, well, yeah. Do we think there's going to be some controversy about gamers whinging that they're using the same city from the first game? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but it'll have better puddles. It'll be fine yeah. because... Have all the reflections in puddles. those puddles, though, dude. It's using webs again. What is this? Yeah. God, these lazy devs are just reusing. <laughs> I mean, I do want not New York, but it's also Spider-Man, so you can't really have Spider-Man in not yeah, New York. No, so yeah, yeah. It's- if there's one game you excuse for being in New York, it's Spider-Man game. So, yeah. And there's just so many convenient skyscrapers to swing off. No, I would love to see them do that. They, like, have him just, like, in Los Angeles, and he just has to catch cabs everywhere. Yeah, because yeah, there's no nothing to grab onto. He just crashes into a palm tree. And yeah, like, just do that trees. for a little bit. And you're like, yeah, okay, geniuses, do you see? This is why Spider-Man's always in New York. They could, yeah, they they could send him to Tokyo. Add to Texas, you know? Oh, Tokyo could work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or San Fran or somewhere like that, I think. Yeah, there's there's a select amount of locations Spider-Man can logically really operate. Really thrive. <laughs> yeah. London, possibly, although... The London's not very tall. London's to... not very tall. Yeah. Um, He's a very low-flying this... Spider-Man. <laughs> a very specific, like, block of Sydney. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's Mark, got a Mark very place. tight radius. Basically. If the crime's <laughs> happening outside here, he just can't help. If they go as just far as Redfern, he's screwed. Like, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you go outside of that circular key, uh, yeah. you know, winnered station, that's it. You're done. You're yeah. done. 
You get to the museum, you're over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just go for a nice jog. Yeah, just r- run through Hyde Park and dodge the junkies. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, the last one is the big mm. one. Um, mm-hmm. God of War Ragnarok. We've seen gameplay. It is real. It has given um, us a new Same gameplay as last time. Obviously, yeah, well, it looks like... It's even got the same characters in it. Oh, yes. So lazy. Oh. They still get Although the boat. It's nuts. Chunky <laughs> Thor. Oh, Chunky I mean, Thor. I am down with Chunky Thor. Yeah. The thing I love like about that is that, like, he. But the thing is, he looks terrifying at the same time. Like, he looks yeah. like he could pick up an ox and throw it the length of a football field. Like, I 100%. reckon they've looked at, they've watched Chopper with Eric Banner, <laughs> and they've gone, you know what? He'd make a really good Thor. <laughs> so Thor looks an awful lot like Chopper. <laughs> I mean, it could also just be that I thought the last guy was too skinny, so they went completely the other direction. Completely the other end, yeah. The weed, weedy boulder. But yeah, I mean, it looks like more God of War stuff. It'll be really interesting. I'm sure it'll be very good. I mean, I'm it does excited. look cross-gen, but it still looks awesome, so... Yeah, I mean, God of War, the last one looks fantastic still. Yes, it so. does. Yeah, um, quality game. I'm keen to see where they go with the whole Loki thing. And yeah, yeah. It, I like the way they're subverting these co- kind of Norse myths and stuff to suit their purposes. I, w- I always like it when people do um, that with mythology in interesting ways. So you know, I new spins on old. Just so long as you don't tales. know too much about mythology, I made the mistake of watching a video that IGN put up about a guy who's actually an expert in North mythology. <laughs> like, that's all he's studied oh, for his entire life, watching through scenes from God of War, and I'm like, oh no, I want to stop, I don't just... need any more, no, no, this is technically wrong. Oh yeah, he's just there, bullshit. bullshit. Some, <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff this that's really bullshit happen. is fascinating Mate, in the way, it got, really the way it got into popular culture, the way we, like, it yeah. was a case of, like, we put the letter in the wrong... At the end of a word, or instead of the start of another word, when it was, like, two words. I think it was Bifrost. And it's kind of fascinating how much... The way in which we have fucked it up. But it's also ruining yep. my appreciation of games. So I just kind of, like, stopped it up. <laughs> right, yep. <laughs> my understanding is this is, um, the... Or at least the last planned entry in the Norse part of it. Yep. They're only going to do a duology. Yep. And then Kratos is... Maybe he'll wind up in Egypt or somewhere else. Who knows? Or maybe he'll be yeah. Loki in space. Who cares? He's, he's run out of gods to kill. Uh, <laughs> they've all they've all pissed him off, and he becomes Jesus and the one and only Christian God. Do you know, it'd be kind of awesome, although it would never happen. And actually, they would have to tread very carefully. But I would be totally down with like Kados just kills a dream time. Oh wow. oh, wow! Yeah, no, you couldn't do that. No, no. You could have him be there. I have think. him be. Yeah, that might be better. Like, it would be fascinating to see that actually get explored in a game, though. I would love to see um, Australian, like, Aboriginal mythology mm-hmm. incorporated into a video game. I think it's fascinating. So, uh, there's no reason it couldn't be absolutely fantastic. Uh, I mean, if you want to look into the making of uh, The Rescuers Down Under, there was a whole planned <laughs> section that uh, Disney flat out told them to cut out. And oh they were wow! Like that. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty full on um, to read. I think it was Michael Eisner just basically gave them a big thumbs down and said that's not happening. Oh, oh, disappointing. Could have been great. Could have been. We could have oh, had well. it all. Yeah. All right, then. Yeah. The more I think about it, God of War is maybe the wrong game to do that with. But I would Possibly, love to see. Yeah. I would love Australian to see that shit like uh, mythology. Yeah. So I also want, like, a Bush Rangers take on Red Dead Redemption as well. I think that'd be rad. It would be cool. 
Oh, we don't. Red we don't need uh, idolizing Ned. We don't, more, <laughs> Ned more Dead Redemption. I don't know. <laughs> <More> Ned Head. <laughs> yeah. Are you just going to start letting Stephen and I on these podcasts now? All you don't have to idolize players. it. But it'd be like a nice change of scenery. I'd. Yeah. I'd also be okay with learning out that yes, I was playing as a dick the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So but that, that's the thing. There'd be a whole bunch of people living in Cronulla that all of a sudden get tattoos of these bush rangers and oh, quotes yeah. from the game. <laughs> I don't want to see that. That's too close to where I have to exist. Oh, Every time you turn the corner, they'll have such his life on one oh. arm. And yeah. I just, I, I have, like, I, I'm sure they already do. I'm really sure they already do. Yeah. Next to the Eureka Cross and you know, all those other things. Uh, Southern yeah. Cross and... Yeah. All right then, we um, might leave it there on that very terrifying <laughs> boganish. These note. ideas this is my daily reality. Cool. Bogans are why we cannot cool. have nice things. Is basically what you're telling me at this point. You said. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. You have to consider that. Um, the old, the old question: What came first, the bogan or the HSV? Um, <laughs> you know, a bit like the chicken and the egg. Uh, but any, Amazing. <laughs> anyway. All right then. Uh, let's go around the loop and. Stephen, where can we find you? Occasionally on Player 2, I'm eagerly awaiting some new hardware to uh, dig into and review. And hopefully uh, another game, if I can finally get it for you. Yes, that, that would be lovely, but I'm not going to pass any judgment on you if you can't. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Jess. Yes, hello. Spruik your uh, wonderful two weeks of gaming for us. Oh, yeah. Um, it's been a great couple of weeks for me. First, my Psychonauts 2 review, which you can find on um, Play 2. And then, same deal for my uh, Life is Strange True Colors review. Um, so, yeah, you can you can find me around Play 2 or uh, on Twitter at Zamet Jess. Um, I should hopefully have another review coming up soon-ish as well. I've been playing some Wario, so... Yeah. Wow. Be different. Like, not not yeah. going to have a four day long crisis about my feelings to do with Wario. Probably. No, no, it's, it's not not a an emotional yeah. high point in your life. It's as Wario. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I would be interesting Shocking to find point. out if it if it somehow if is. It I would want to know how. <laughs> yeah. Wario really touched my soul. <laughs> just, I, well, I an emotion. Silently. I thought we'd already talked about the subtitle being yeah, Nario. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Oh, I. I refuse it's actually pretty good, though. No. <laughs> Tim, save us. Where can we find you? I, you can't... I mean, you can find me at Pretend on Twitter, but I can't save you with any content because everything I'm supposed to be covering keeps on shitting on me one way or another. It has been a um, comedy of errors uh, as far as your review schedule is concerned, <laughs> I'm afraid. <laughs> And you can find me at QSO81 or at Player2AU. Make sure you head over to Player2.net.au and check out all of our um, dribble that's slightly more coherent than this podcast was. Uh, thank you for no joining us. Yeah, no, no promises there, but it, it should hopefully be there. Um, and we'll catch you next time on the Pixelcast, which is conveniently the nice Pixelcast, episode 69. Man, you got that joke in before the episode even started. Good job, yeah. sir. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Catch you next time.